This is Old School at the Movies, episode 179, I'm guessing, for October 27th, 2019. Old School at the Movies is brought to you by the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com. Check out some brand new shows, or some great shows, like Wrestling Cheers, like the Shroudcast, no, that's not on, <laughs> your pre- Eurovision Fucking this intro is terrible. Welcome back to Old School at the Movies. As you can tell, I'm a little rusty. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been too long. Um, oldschoolmovies.net is the website. Hashtag OSATM on Twitter. And I promise I'll actually start checking it now. Editing the week after uh, because Heavy Set brought up a good point. Last month's episode where him and Carp recorded, they did a really quick editing time. And had they used my editing schedule, we would have actually they would have actually talked about how Spider-Man should have been back in the MCU uh, after he was actually back in the MCU. So there you go. Our panelists for this week or this month, we got Mr. Heavyset. Uh, what episode did you say we were? One seventy-nine. For you, but for <laughs> us who were here last episode, which actually was two months ago, uh, it was po- posted on September twelfth. Yes. Uh, that would be episode 180. Okay, there we go. Yeah, we are 180. Thank you. I was close. This one off. And and for some reason, this is now the only show that I'm now known as just heavyset. Oh, you want to be called Justin? That's fine. I'm, it's, I did it in the last episode. Hey, historically, you've been heavyset. But uh, if you want a name change, we can do it, man. I'm, I'm cool uh, with you it. Call, you can call me by my nickname, Thee. <laughs> what an asshole. Uh <laughs> You can cut that out. <laughs> no, that's cool. I'll keep it in. That's funny. Uh, Carp is also on the show. How you doing? My nickname is also Thief now. Yeah, okay. Now, okay. Now, now you guys. My, now, now, now you guys are just assholes. It's, now it's just going to be my my nickname is. Boop. Yeah. And I live <laughs> at and I work at. Don't tell Andy. Uh, <laughs> so so that means we can change this show to Triple K at the movies. No, oh, you can spell that out. No, we're good. Nope, we don't need to be doing that. Um, all right, let's get into the news for this week. Our first news story, uh, we just talked about it briefly before, but Spider-Man uh, will stay in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And like we, Carp and I, and C-Money and all that, we're talking about it. After briefly breaking up, Sony Pictures and Marvel have found a way to get back into Spider-Man business together. On Friday, the two companies jointly announced that Marvel Studios and its president, Kevin Feige, will produce the third film in the Spider-Man Homecoming series. It will once again feature Tom Holland reprising the role as the titular hero. The rumor mill roared back to life this week with hints of the two companies were closer to brokering a new agreement. So I think this is great news. I love the first two with Tom Holland. I love him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's my favorite Spider-Man by far. Love the last one with uh, Mysterio. And looking forward now to this third movie that's eventually going to come out. Thankfully, it's going to be in that Marvel MCU. I'm guessing everybody's happy about it, but we'll uh, talk to the panel, of course. Heavy set. Get your thoughts. I hate it. Really? You should go away. Okay. Well, you, you want to bring you want to you want to bring the old Spider-Man back, Joey Thomas McGuire, Joey McGuire. Joey McGuire. Yeah, Joey McGuire. Oh, Jesus Christ! It's I would say fine, like. You kind of figured this was going to happen. You got to play nice with Marvel. 
And it's no, but hold on. Sorry to cut you, but did you really think it was going to happen? Because it didn't look like it was. Like people were legit concerned. I felt like it was just a. Uh, like some sort of strategy. They thought like they were going to get Disney to cave and it kind of turned out like, no, uh, you got to give them a more of what they want. I think they, I don't remember the details, but I thought they like met in the, kind of met in the middle. We're like, oh, we're not going to give you percentage wise, everything you want, but we'll come up from what we have, which is good. You can't fight fucking Disney on that shit. And it's obviously was going to be better to go forward because I think it's what we talked about in the last episode. I didn't realize until we, we were talking that, yeah, if they would have to reboot Spider-Man, I think uh, Sony was like, we don't want to go that route. We're going to talk a tough game, but we're going to end up caving in because they don't want to go that route. They know like the only thing that they have going for them, and it's even not that popular, is the animated route. And that would be the only way I think they would keep the, the copyright and franchise alive. Like Other than that, like there wouldn't be a live action, I think, for a while. So going this route, making nice with Marvel makes so much sense, and... Yeah, like that's kind of where the the fans on either side like want to see. So you kind of need to give it to them. No, it does make sense. There's no way you can reboot it again. I mean, especially with all the movies that have happened over the last couple of years, it would just be overkill and people would get sick of it. Uh, so, yeah, ride the wave. Uh, make Play tough, you know, play hardball a little bit. Um, I don't know what the percentages are. But even Marvel, like even if they're not making that much – to have him in those ma- massive Avenger movies, it's worth even you know if they make a small percentage. To, to me, it's like a no-brainer to keep that canon alive. Uh, Carp, let's get your thoughts. Uh, apparently, Holland had something to do with this, too, from what I was reading like a couple of weeks ago when this article came out. Uh, to me, money talks, and uh, the mouse is all-powerful. And I'm sure the number met in Sony's favor, but I still think like it's, it's better for them because... Like Heavy was saying, if they reboot this again, the fans are just going to be like, that's it, I'm, I'm done. Like, fuck you, Sony, go to hell. I mean, I'm a Sony faithful when it comes down to their entertainment systems. Uh, this shit they were playing with Spider-Man, I wasn't okay with. But money talks in the end, and Holland, you know, the guy's doing a good job, and then all of a sudden he's out of a contract. <laughs> that looks terrible. You know, then he would probably blackball Sony from signing contracts with him and stuff. So I think you got to really consider all the parts in the end. And they just finally put the puzzle back together properly. What do you guys think the percentage is? Probably like 55, 45. Like in terms of revenue? How how do you think that works? Is it just they license them the IP, they make the movie, and then you discuss? uh, It could be like Robert Downey Jr.'s contract with uh, after the first three Ironmans. He signed on for percentage earned on the box office total. Okay. So that's why he made like right. $170 million from the last two Avengers. <laughs> right. He's good. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, any insiders, uh, let us know how that well, works. It's, it's a private contract. Nothing like that will ever go public until it's expired in a sense. So yeah. maybe we'll see some in 10 years, but by then, who knows? All right. Uh, this one's an oddball, but I figured I'd mention it. The Batman, Jason Alexander, suggests he could play the Penguin. Jason Alexander has put himself up for consideration to play Penguin in The Batman. The American-born actor is best known for his role as George Costanza in Seinfeld, which ultimately earned the act blah, blah, blah. Alexander has also appeared in such big screen favorites as Pretty Woman and can occasionally be seen on Broadway, for which he has also received awards recognition. In recent years, he's also taken on various directorial duties. 
So, yeah, I mean, he's a season actor. He's not just George Costanza, of course. And he's got kind of the look and the build for Penguin. Um, it's a bit of an oddball choice, but, I mean, we've got fucking Twilight guy Robert Pattinson playing Batman at this point. Do you see this as a possibility? Carp, your thoughts? I disagree. Bring back Danny DeVito. That's it. There's no, there's no other way to do this. I don't care who you are. DeVito's still acting full-time on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Bring him back for the Penguin again. Yeah, but how? when has that happened? Where, like, a reboot has... I'm like, okay, Wolverine, I guess, because he doesn't age. But uh, apart from that, has there ever happened to have, like, a vil- the same villain in a different universe? Wouldn't Spider-Man. that be a precedence? We just kind of had it with Spider-Man. We're going to get it probably in the next Spider-Man movie. Not necessarily a villain per se. But, uh, okay, Jameson, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go against Carp and say uh, I'm fine with Jason Alexander. Don't try to relive the memories. Like, oh, Danny Vito's great. I think Jason Alexander can be great too. My question is, would be if not Jason Alexander, and if not Danny DeVito, like who else would play that role to that probably, count? Probably Josh Gad would be like has the same body build. Alfred Molina he is. Uh, well, Alfred Molina already. No, he wasn't, but. I don't. He doesn't have the same build. Like you need a kind of shorter, chubby guy. So like Jason Alexander, Danny DeVito, Josh Gad, an actor like that. Can we get old Jonah Hill back? Like <laughs> fat Jonah Hill, yeah. Like accepted <laughs> Jonah Hill back. Yeah. Wasn't he supposed to be the Riddler, and then something like the contract got kiboshed or something like that? So. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, okay, how about um? So I, I'm just looking over quickly an article. 10 actors who could play Penguin. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, Dan Fogler, the guy from Fantastic Beasts. Uh, he's also on uh, Walking Dead right now. Uh, yeah, he could do it. He's, he's a pretty good comedic actor. How about this guy? Uh, I just Okay, this looks interesting. He'd have to put on a fat suit, but Peter Dinklage. He'd have to put on a height suit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could wear stilts. I don't know. But the guy's got <laughs> acting cred. He's got acting cred and he's short, but he's too short. Okay. Oh, uh, oh, this is a no, probably. Jack Black? Mm. It's hard because he actually does have half-decent range, so yeah. maybe? Yeah, I'll put him on a maybe list. Uh, Nick Frost? Like Shaun of the Dead? He's too tall. Too tall, okay. I kind of like that, but yeah, maybe a little bit too tall. I thought, But I'll put him on the maybe list. Uh, Michael Sturbarg. Stu- Stuhlbarg. Stuhlbarg. The Shape of Water. Which guy in The Shape of Water? There was a lot uh, of guys. The guy who was also in The, the Post. Uh, critically acclaimed for The Shape of Water, The Post. Yep. I have no idea who the guy is, okay. so I'm going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Circus. Well, I mean, then it's just a CGI suit, right? Yeah. Okay, a couple, couple of guys to think about there, yeah. And I kind of like the uh, the Nick Frost one, too. For some reason, they put Elijah Wood, but I don't know if he... Elijah Wood would make a good uh, Riddler, honestly, I think. Huh. Or um, one of the, like the wild villains, like the calendar guy or something like that. Because, okay. I mean, Elijah was pretty good. He was great in Maniac. So you could even give the Mr. Zaz role where he's a serial killer. So. Yeah. All right. Our last news story, and this ties on uh, one of our movie reviews we're going to talk about. But apparently Jared Leto tried to cancel DC's Joker movie. The film directed by Todd Phillips and starring Joaquin Phoenix 
has been equally successful and controversial. Leto made only one appearance as the clown Prince of Crime showing up briefly in Suicide Squad, but his portrayal of the comic book supervillain remains popular. Uh, I don't agree with that. Uh, some other bullshit. Okay, there's fucking nothing. He just tried to cancel it. Well, that's a great news story. So part of me would say it depends on the contract he signed with Warner Brothers on if he would appear as Joker in multiple films. So financially, him trying to fight it, I get. I'm on his side for that. But if he didn't sign a multi-deal contract, go fuck yourself. Unless he was promised it, but either either way, like shit changes, right? Batfleck, for example, you know, he, he was in a couple of shitty movies and now people, they want to change and they need a reboot and it's not really his fault per se. It's just the way it is. And you can't you can't sit there and fucking bitch and moan about it. I mean, it is what it is. Well, it's, you can. You're a Hollywood actor. Most <laughs> of them, right. all they do is bitch and moan when nothing goes their way. That is very true. Do you think he has any justification for it, Heavy? That's Justin. Oh, Justin. Do you think I'm he has? Break, I'm gonna break you into that. I gotta get used to it. Hey, it's been yeah. seven years of Heavy, so give me give me some fucking give me a break. I'll work through it slowly. I think he has a little bit of like to bitch about, but at the same time, they're not saying like, "All right, Leto, you're not going to be in any more movies. We're going to go the Joaquin Phoenix route." Like, I think. DC as a whole is trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing because everything seems to be just a big mess. Whether we are going in a particular direction for the DCEU, um, are we trying to create like a different bat universe? Like it, it's a big question mark. And they, I think as a whole, they need to figure out what the fuck they're doing, but I'm all for their kind of being maybe separate Batman universes like they, that they portray on, on the, you don't think that would complicate shit, though, for the average layman? I think it would depend on how they do it. Like, if we know that, like, they're, I mean, obviously, they got to re- the big thing now, they got to replace Batflag, and they try to just switch somebody out. There's, there's just a lot going on there. I feel like the DCEU hasn't panned out as well as they thought it would be, going about as well as I thought it would go, probably worse. But they, like I said, they just need to figure out what they're doing. No, for sure. And I think they're getting there, Um, especially with the movie we're about to review. Let's get into our movie review of the week. Don't you mean reviews is in plural? Reviews of the week. All right, we're going to start off with one that I've seen uh, yesterday, and we're not going to do any spoilers. Whoa, whoa, hold on. You saw a movie? I know. I know, right? What? Mind-blowing. Okay. Sh- shut it down. Let's, uh, Let's no, forget it. Go. We're done. See you later, yeah. folks. Good night. It's the end of the podcast. See you next Sorry. month. See you next year. He's seen, a movie. He's seen a movie in the past two months, and I haven't. That's crazy. So that, or not two months, actually. Well, I mean, month. technically, you've been watching a lot of movies, though, if anybody follows your Facebook. Or Instagram. But yeah, I'm not watching anything in the theater. I want to. Joker's on my list, and so is Adam's family. Okay, so that being said, I'm not going to spoil anything. If you guys don't mind, I'll start. Joker, five out of five. Um, To me, Joker in this universe is like the Greta Thunberg of mental health. You know, it's it's. Are you an angry adult pissed off at a 16 year old girl trying to save the planet? No, hey, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. He has, you know, he has that much power in this movie. He's the Greta Thunberg of like fucking losing it. 
You know, it's such a, uh, it's one of my favorite villains. And I, I might argue that it's probably the best villain in all of movies. Every fucking character, like to me, Joker is the quintessential villain. And we've never had a backstory on screen about him. I love Heath Ledger's performance in The Dark Knight, but his intro is just like, oh, he's there. There's no backstory of like how he became this fucking crazy, where he came from, this, that. It was just Alfred saying some people just love to watch the world burn. That's all you knew. And the other cinematic version was uh, we just talked about Jared Leto for five minutes on screen in Suicide Squad. And then you had Jack Nicholson's version where it's more like sarcastic. So this really took like a dark tone. And it was the first time you could empathize with the character, which I really liked. I don't know like what. I mean, if you've seen his other kind of docu or mockumentary about him being a rapper and getting into character immersed into this like fake rapper character. I'm talking about Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know if he did any kind of method acting for this role, but like I know he, he lost a lot of weight for the role. He was fucking, he was like deathly skinny. Uh, And just it, you know, the, the laugh, the laugh being sarcastically portrayed by Nicholson. This is, this was more like an, a mental issue. He was laughing for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? Like that, that, and um, I was like blown away by some of the scenes. I don't want to give anything away, but uh, so impactful. I, you know, I don't want to say anything here, um, but there was two scenes in particular and Carp will talk about it off air, but like uh, my girlfriend was like squeezing my hands. She was like really getting into it, you know, and, and I wouldn't say I got emotional during the movie, but like you could feel like empathy for when things were happening to him when he was younger and 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 just like as he was progressing into this like just falling into this pit of this darkness and yeah, succumbing to the mental health issues and like switching into that this kind of joker persona so uh just extremely well done and like a dark movie there was very little humor in this movie and you know we've seen before the DC universe it didn't really work out and you know Carp has argued previously on the Marvel side, you've got to have a bit of comedy. And this had like no comedy and it, I was fine with it. I mean, there was one little exchange there that happened that was kind of quirky, but it didn't need it. And it almost needed this darkness. And yeah, it's, um, it's, it's blew me away. It's my favorite movie of the year by far. To me, DC's back. I mean, you've had you know, Aquaman was half decent and he got Shazam and all this, like this coming in. I am super excited for this Batman universe, whatever's going to happen. Even fucking Robert Pattinson as Batman. And if this Joker is part of that, or I don't know what's going to happen in in regard to the canon. But I really hope that Joaquin stays in that role. And this is really, I don't know if this is Ledger's to Ledger's like negative thing towards him. But like Joaquin was able to have that backstory with whereas Ledger... I don't know, he probably just drew for the comic books and previous roles, but he didn't have that backstory to draw on. I think Joaquin Phoenix had the better portrayal, all all things said. And I can't believe I'm saying that he outperformed Ledger. But he was so fucking good in this. Um, yeah, five all day, favorite movie of the year. Heavily recommend you guys go see it. It I mean, it's not it's not an easy movie to watch. It's R for a reason. It is really dark uh, and very like gory and bloody and like fucking impactful and 
fucking go see it. That's it. Five all day. Carp, you go ahead. You know what I'm hearing from your review? Go in cells. What, what, oh, what's with the <laughs> – okay, okay. No, no, no. It actually wasn't like there, – there was a lot of shit. I, I get it because, you know, last time the Joker was in a movie – or not last time, but after the Joker was in a movie, a few years later, some psychopath in Colorado killed a bunch of people. But here's the um, thing. Like you can't – you can't fucking succumb to one idiot and like ruin a movie universe because one stupid person made a mistake. Uh, I'm just I'm just taking a shot at you. Honestly, it was okay. yes, it was a good movie. It was very dark. But you're the thing so my argument is it was a movie just about Joker, where Heath Ledger was not a movie just about Joker. It was about That's Joker true. on the side, and That's then he had true. a little bit of two face. I agree. And you didn't really need a backstory for that Joker. Uh this Joker's backstory is somewhat similar to one of the many, many DC universes, the Arthur Fleck character. Other ones is how Nicholson became the Joker, where he fell into a vat of chemicals. The character's story arc has changed so many times in so many comic books, I couldn't even catch up anymore. But I like uh, the Nicholson version was quintessential, like 80s, 90s, goofy shit. Whereas this was, was really, this really resonated with today's like issues. That Joker was a criminal. Uh, Jared Leto's Joker was a terrorist. Uh, Ledger's Joker was an anarchist. Like each Joker has been different. He did a great performance. I could separate the art from the artist because in real life, Joaquin Phoenix is a scumbag. Point final. No question about it. But yes, he did a good job acting. The supporting cast was great. Some of the stuff that happened, I, I saw it coming. Especially like you see in the trailer that he goes to meet Robert De Niro. I knew that was going to happen. What happened? It had some predictability for me. I still enjoyed it quite a bit. I gave it a four to five. And I love that little swerve they did with, and we're not going to say, but, you know, the swerve, like you're like, oh, was it, they're going that way? And then like, oh, okay. Because uh, I don't know the comic canon, and I don't uh, know if that was ever a storyline, like, a legit storyline, but. I, I feel I, this this movie is, like, if you have mental problems, get help, or this is going to, you're going to end up like this. I feel this is an ad for get some fucking mental help if you have an imbalance in your life. Yeah. And I love the fact that people are talking about it. And some people are moved or bothered by it. To me, that's what art is. Art has to affect you. And, you know, there's not everybody's going to enjoy every art. It's going to bother them. And they might want it silenced or whatever. To me, like when it's on the lexicon and people are talking about it like that, that's when you have something impactful. Uh, so, yeah, Heavy, go fucking see it. It's uh, it's incredible. All right. Uh, what did you give it? Sorry? I gave it a four out of five. Okay. Okay. Carp, uh, Rambo, Last Blood. Go ahead classic Rambo violence with a little um, anti-Mexican promotion in it, let's just say. You know, Stallone's a little too Republican in this movie. Are, uh, they, are they trying to build a wall, Kurt? I mean, the movie's been out a month and a half. Spoiler alert, I'm going to be saying shit. Rambo has moved into this family home uh, where his dad had rented it to a young Mexican couple. Uh, the daughter went to go visit her father in Mexico. Despite Rambo saying, no, don't go there. It's a dangerous place. What happens is the father rejects her. She gets drugged, raped, uh, sold into human slavery, drugged, raped, drugged, 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 died because of Mexico. So it's a little pro-Republican. But the violence is fucking fantastic at the end where it's like all the bad Mexican guys got to go kill Rambo because he took the dead daughter back. Is a little too pro or sorry, a little too anti-Mexico. I know it's bad, but I don't think it's portrayed as badly in real life as it is in this movie. Like, the girl immediately gets drugged and raped. Immediately. But, dude, it's a movie. So, are, are you going to be like, oh, they're making the Nazis look bad or the Russians? Well, 
the Nazis are supposed to look bad. They're Nazis. No, no, but I get it. But like, who cares? It's a fucking. It's fiction. You you uh, gotta have a I, bad it's, guy. It's the fact of, of it's it's really getting to the point of Mexico is bad, and if you go to Mexico, you're gonna get raped and gang raped and murdered. It's a movie. That's my no, argument. It, like, it I'm message, okay with it. I'm telling you, there was an attempted message in that movie, uh, but the violence was awesome, so I gave it three to five. Uh, this is one I'm curious about, and it hasn't been getting that great rating, so I'm curious, like a layman's point of view, at Astra. Really long, really slow, kind of boring, and I was worried about getting ladder 49. Uh, do you know what the ladder 49 scenario is? Not off the top of my head. Okay, so Ladder 49, when it first came out, the trailers are like, check it out, it's a new backdraft, it's this awesome firefighter action movie, and it ends up being a romance movie. So I was a little worried about that. Oh, you're going to get uh, For the Love of the Game. Yeah, yeah, For the Love okay. of the Game, or yeah. uh, Passengers, uh, the one with Star-Lord, where he wakes up Mystique, because uh, he wants to bang. So <laughs> That's great. Uh, I was a little worried about that, but it was super slow. I mean, you have some of the best actors on the planet in that movie. And I thought it could have been a hell of a lot better. I gave it a two out of five. Okay. Well, that's going to be a download for me then. Legally, of course. Zombieland 2. Go ahead. Just as fun as the first. A little crazier, over the top, more type stuff. Like, you know, you're living in a world of zombies, but there's a place that doesn't believe in guns. And there's a hippie dude. And I'm like, um, some of it's a little over the top, but it's still the Zombieland super fun that the first one was. Uh, so I gave it a three and a half out of five. Awesome. Uh, this is on my girlfriend and I's list. We have downloaded legally uh, the first Zombieland so she can watch it and I can rewatch it because I'm looking forward to rewatching it actually before we go check that out in the theaters. Um, okay. Heavy set. We're going to throw it to you because you haven't seen anything recent recently, but your girlfriend and yourself are going through uh, what originally was 50 movies before Halloween. That's been changed a little bit due to time constraints, but you're binge-watching a bunch of Halloween movies before Halloween. Uh, let's get your review on some of those and ones that stood up for you. Oh, and right, why, first, why did you do it? Um, It's just a way, a way to celebrate Halloween. I think the first year we were together, every weekend we went to at least one haunted house, I think it was. So it was kind of like having that kind of fun. And then we haven't really done anything to that length until this year. And I'm not really a big horror movie fan, but this has actually kind of opened my horizon a little bit. And um, before I get through any reviews or just random thoughts on some of these movies, I'm going to go through the whole list of what's, what we have of the now 40, and then I'll, at the end I'll mention the 10 that we cut. So what the original plan was 25 movies each, and then if there was any like doubles like we both had on the list, we'd put that on a, on a separate thing. This was my list, just my list. I started off with a lot of Universal Monster movies, Dracula, Frankenstein, Invisible Man, The Mummy, The Wolfman, Bride of Frankenstein, and Creature of the Black Lagoon. And then to finish off my list, I want to go with like some classics I have never seen, some classics that maybe I've seen once, and I don't remember as much about them. And there's, I mean, there's a couple that I've seen, or at least one that I've seen. I'm like, I need to revisit this. So rest of my list was Saw 2, Cujo, Christine, The Mangler, Jason Goes to Hell, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hellraiser, Dead Silence, and Poltergeist. My girlfriend's list, Amanda, was which has its own little variety of like movies she's seen, she wants to watch again, some that she's heard a lot about and she wants to see, and it went The Others, The Original Halloween, Beetlejuice, Silence of the Lambs, Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hereditary, The Babadook, 
Rosemary's Baby, The Innkeepers, Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Conjuring, Hocus Pocus, The Crow, Insidious, Mandy, and Young Frankenstein. And the five movies that we actually had both on our list, and we've watched right currently all but one, The Shining, Trick or Treat, Adam's Family, Freddy vs. Jason, and the one that we have yet to sit down and watch is Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I seen in the movie theater, and that came out in like 92 and I was six. If you know anything about that movie, you, I don't know if you think that a six-year-old should go see that movie. The ten movies that we cut off for one reason or the other is Rose Red. That was cut because it's a long movie. I really want to watch it, but it's so long. I'd rather take the four and a half hours and watch like two, three movies. Uh, then The Sixth Sense, Dracula's Daughter, Ernest Scared Stupid, Phantom of the Opera, the original of the Universal Monster series, Casper, Sweeney Todd, Flatliners, Clue, and Monster House. So some of my reviews are just the thoughts that I've had on this. Like when it comes to the Universal Monster movies, I really do enjoy these. There's something about the charm, how they were shot, especially like the first handful. There's a lot of actors that are in multiple movies, but they're not playing the same character. And I think that's because way back then you had a lot of contracts with the studios and you were creating just a handful of movies and that you didn't know exactly what they would be. It's like, ah, we have this, this actor, you're going to come in, you're going to do this role and all this kind of stuff. So Dracula and Frankenstein are, are are really good. I mean, I have nothing to say like bad about the rest. Creature of the Black Lagoon is one that I haven't seen yet, but if you know me, you know, I'm for remakes. I'm for sequels and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to like the remakes of them trying to like redo the universal monster movies and trying to bring back this universe, I'm for it in principle, but going back to what I was saying, this original series has such charm. I mean, movies back then, there was like, there's scenes that might have like one line. There's scenes that might have no lines, and it's just like somebody walking, and like that's all they would shoot for just, you know, that particular bit. I don't know if movies like that can translate to now. That's why when they've tried to do Dracula and they've tried to do Frankenstein and the mummy, that for some reason it just doesn't hold up like they're trying to like oh well we have to show uh so you're um, saying it's just characters. okay so so you're saying it doesn't hold up because of the way it was filmed originally no 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 okay. no the originals hold up i think they do oh. but trying to take those movies and remake them now to today's standards they, they're not going to have the same charm but it like hmm, okay but is that like a rose-colored glasses thing you think or how is that rose-colored glasses like, i'm these no, I'm are saying great. in the sense like when they originally filmed the way they were like they have this like you said a charm to it that you, I mean it's how movies were were shot back then even like uh, one movie we watched with Psycho it's it's just that time frame and even that's a little little bit I mean, later than those particular movies but it's trying I'm saying trying to take those characters and some of the simple charm to them like the Mummy for example like. There's no real big supernatural thing about the mummy. But when they remake them, they have to have these like massive scenes where the mummy is, you know, doing whatever and like showing like some kind of magical power. There's that in those movies, but it's not like it has to be this big blockbuster scene. I think that's the difference. And that's the reason why like movies like these were able to hold up. If you were you know, the the producer for that. And you're going to, okay, we're going to bring back Dracula. Do you try to bring back that old school kind of feel or do you just say fuck it and just try to reinvent it 
And is that the problem? I think it's trying to reinvent it. It's one of those things that, like I said, I'm for remakes, but I don't know if it works. Like, yeah. Dracula was one of the first movies we watched of the Universal Monsters, and it's slow. And I think it's part of, like, like Dracula himself is a fairly slow character, like the way he speaks, the way he walks. He's this mysterious man for the, for the most part of the movie. And that kind of translates. And I thought, like, oh, maybe it's because it was May the year that it was. Frankenstein is a little bit more, is a little bit faster. And that was, this, it came out the same year. Could you kind of relate it to, say, wrestling in the 70s or whatever? There was like a lot more holds and it was slower paced. Is it just because the fans don't have the patience, you think? I think I could attribute a little bit to that. But it's one of those things, too. It just, I don't know if, like, if you put that kind of movie out now, like, I think people would hate it because of how slow it is. There's a, there's a slower movie that I'll get to a little bit later on the list, but, like, it's not, the, not necessarily the same thing. Okay. But I'll I'll get out of those. Like I'm I've loved those. I even went out and like actually right before we we started this list, I bought a like an eight movie pack or a, I forget. Like maybe it was about eight movies of uh, Universal Monsters, and I love these so much. I went out and bought a thirty film box set, which has a lot of the you know the big wow, main okay. player that has some of the the later movies that they start to do like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, Abbott and Costello meet the Mummy, and like all all those that intertwine. So love, absolutely love those. Let me see. Uh, Mangler and Jason Goes to Hell are two movies I saw when I was younger. And watching them now, like it's first off, Jason Goes to Hell was the first Jason movie I ever seen. That's a weird place to start. I think that's why I, I never got into it as much. Because oh, man. Jason Goes to Hell is the most insane baddie one there is. Like Jason Goes to Space makes more sense than Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> and with with that one, like the actual Jason character is only in it for like a small fraction of the movie. Like it's the beginning and the end. So like, I, I, I can see why I didn't get into him as much as like, you know, most kids my age back at that time, the mangler is, is a movie that I, I remember my dad bought on a uh, pay-per-view one time. Like he was just like flipping through channels. Like, Oh, let's watch this. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, I don't know what this movie is. And uh, it stars Robert England as um, a owner of a laundry press service, basically. And I won't get get too much in. I mean, it's an old, old movie, but the the press itself starts to get like gets possessed, basically. And there's like a backstory behind all this. I think that's some of the notable ones from my side of the list. How was the list picked? It was just stuff like you, you went through a Google search and you're like, oh, I want to revisit this or. No, we, we both just picked 25 movies we wanted to watch. OK, cool. One way or another, like I did go to Google yeah. to try to fill out some of the. The like last remaining ones, and that's why like some of the movies that were cut were ones that I know I searched because I was like, oh, like what horror movies or what Halloween movies do I want to watch that aren't on this list? Because I can only think of so many at the time, and there's like a handful of that. Like, man, why did I didn't add Maximum Overdrive? I'm a fucking truck driver, and that's about trucks that get possessed or come to life or whatever it is that I I didn't pick it. Like I know it existed, so we might do a part two next year with. Movies that we didn't add, movies that we thought, like I said, thought of later, or even like some sequels, because there's a lot of movies here that have sequels, or a lot of, there's a lot of these, some of these movies that have remakes. So I was trying to like create a, like a part two of the list that makes sense. Did you do one a night or multiple? Uh, it's just whenever we can. Okay. Like we've watched two today. Okay. We could have watched more, but we're both not feeling too well, and we like took a nap. And I think after this recording, we're going to watch one, but I try to get in one a night, but it's not, it's never that perfect. Okay. 
it's funny because you start off this review of like, I'm not really a Halloween guy. And now, you know, you're buying all these movies. It's like, and this is probably your girlfriend's influence now. And like, you're turning into a Halloween guy. Well, I mean, I've always liked Halloween to a point, but I'm never a big, a big horror guy. Like, that's kind of my big thing. Like, I'm not all about, you know, like slasher movies and all that. Like, I, I never dove into them. I'm, I'm like, if you know my personality, like, I'm definitely more of a comedy guy. Like, I mean, I love the universal, not the universal monsters, I like uh, the MCU. That's what I was getting the word universe from. Like, I like movies like that. I like superhero movies like Batman. Like, But one of my favorite movies of all time is Ghostbusters. And like, to me, that's more comedy than anything. Like, I love that movie. Just rewatched it yesterday. And that's kind of what I gravitate more towards. So like trying to, and also like I, I watched two other movies without my girlfriend one because it was Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and she hates clowns. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this movie. That movie just is what it is. Like, it's definitely not like my top five, but like, I get why it's like a cult classic. And like, I don't know. That's the only way I can describe it. It's, it's so crazy because it's fucking clowns. Like, uh, Amanda actually did come home towards the end. And when one dude died by acid pies, she was like, how does pies kill him? And I'm just like, probably they're made of acid. That what makes sense to me. They're clowns. Everything in this movie isn't what it seems to be. One of the clowns kills a bunch of people by a shadow puppet. So shit doesn't make sense. And then a movie that I got recommended to, which Carp, uh, I haven't got your opinion on this, American Mary. Oh, um, so American Mary is by the Saska sisters, and I'm a fan of everything they do. Uh, <laughs> so the concept is nuts, and I highly suggest you so check weird. it out. Yeah. Uh, it's, if uh, you get the app... It's on Tubi, T-U-B-I, I believe it is. Yeah, T-U-B-I dot TV. Yeah, I, I got the recommendation from a wrestler uh, when I was watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So, and I was like, well, I'm like, I'm like, I'm watching this. Like, I'll watch it later. And I happen to look like it's for free on Tubi. So I was like, fuck, fuck it. It's free. I'll watch it. The way I'll describe that movie, it's Saw meets Scarface meets Dexter. Really fucking weird. Yeah, I, yeah. Going so, into it, I thought it was going to be way more nudity than I than I got. But the nudity they did was done, like, I say tastefully. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going into the shower. It, like, everything, like, all the nudity, like, meant something. Yeah, so so those German sisters who get their arms on each other? Yeah. Those are the directors. Those are the Saska sisters. That makes sense. Yeah. As soon as you said, you know those twins? I'm like, that's them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah I actually have... Uh, uh, our friend uh, Duke got it for me because uh, I missed out on the Comic Con when they were there. When they were there, and they signed it, and they're like, "You've been a naughty boy, Carp. You didn't show up to meet us and love the Saska sisters." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> that's crazy." Um, this is I'm gonna go over like the uh, last thing is like movies we have left to watch as of this recording: Creature from the Black Lagoon, Cujo, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hellraiser, Dead Silence. Only reason I'm wanting to watch that is because the dude who does the theme for it is the same dude who did the theme for Saw. And I like the theme and poltergeist then on Amanda's list, the others silence of the lambs, Rosemary's baby, Rocky horror picture show, the conjuring the crow, Mandy and young Frankenstein. And then on our shared list, Bram Stoker's Dracula. If uh, you could watch another clown ish movie without the girlfriend, I highly suggest terrifier. How, how was uh, the remake of poltergeist? Cause I know there's a clown in it. I've never watched the remake of poltergeist, not by choice. It's just never, like been on TV or anything for me to pop it on. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that's pretty much my list. My big standouts are Halloween three and trick or treat. Uh, and then also on the side, 
the Universal Monster movies. I think if you get a chance, like they're kind of they're worth a visit. And I don't know if we're ever going to get this again. I think they're still trying to want to do some more. Like I think they want to do the Wolfman, maybe. Well, well, so the Dracula Untold and the uh, Tom Cruise Mummy movie were supposed to be the reboot of the dark old school Warner Brother monster movies, but because they both tanked, uh, they pretty much knocked off all the projects. I heard there was like one more in the works that wasn't necessarily connected as much, but they wanted to try it out. And it was like one of those properties that I don't think is well known as much. And I want to say it was Wolfman, even though they did do. A, that's the other thing. There's like a remake of Wolfman from like 2010. Yeah, it's uh, Del Toro, uh, Benicio. Yeah, Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, he's the Wolfman in it. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much. Heavy set. Let's end the show on movies that are coming out. Uh, year and a and get our thoughts better do up till like the end of the <laughs> January year. 2022 no uh, we'll start in November I think you guys went till November right so I'm like yeah we went okay. to I think we dabbled in the first week but we can revisit the first week because we revisited a week or so yeah. in the last episode uh, there's also stuff that's come out uh, that have give, been given advanced uh, release dates between the time like that me and heavy talked there's movies that have slipped into those dates okay so. well if there's anything you know We've missed or whatever. Uh, let me know. Harriet. You guys uh, up for watching that in the theater? When's it coming out? I thought it... November 1st. Harriet Tubman. Oh, so we're starting in November. Okay. Yeah, Harriet My Tubman. Uh, I doubt it. It's It might be it. It might be a theater for me. Maybe a home market. Heavy. Nay for me. Okay. Terminator Dark Fate. Sarah Connor is back. Heavy set. Uh, yay for me, but I think this might be home market. Okay. Yeah, and Carp, correct me if I'm wrong, but the canon, this is after the second movie? So all the other ones yeah, didn't so happen? <laughs> it's it's not that they didn't happen, that they're alternate timelines, they've called them. Got it. So, uh, you know, it's it's like any time-traveling movie, you know, because we're going to get the yeah. repercussions of time-traveling right. at the in the end game. We're going to be getting that in the next few Marvel movies. So the other movies were not canon, they were just... Oh, we changed this thing, so this timeline got created. Oh, we changed this Batman's thing, so this timeline got created. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, uh, my girlfriend and I have downloaded the first two, the second one being probably the best action movie of all time, uh, some might argue. So she hasn't seen the first two, so we're going to binge watch those two before we go see this. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Linda Hamilton back on the screen in this role. Uh, Dr. Sleep, this is the sequel to The Shining. Yes. Okay. Uh, a sequel like 30 years later. Right. So, interested, Kurt? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm going you to see McGregor, it. You and McGregor, yeah. Uh, heavy set. Now that you're on this scary movie binge watching, Dr. Sleep? Literally, the first movie we watched was The Shining. Okay, or, there you go. We started this off. So, yeah, this is on my list, and I never, I never knew there was a sequel, because that's one thing I kind of give Stephen King credit for. He, I don't think he's ever allowed his movies to have sequels like that were not a book. So the fact that this is some of his work and he he created a sequel on his own, like I I like that. Uh, next up, Last Christmas, and the only reason I'm mentioning this because it is a rom com. Uh, it's Amelia Clark and Henry Golding, the male lead in Crazy Rich Asians. So I don't know of any. I don't know if there's precedence for this with a a male Asian lead in a rom-com with a white leading lady. I mean, if any Asian male Asian's going to do it, 
and it's not an action movie. I think it's this guy because of the success of Crazy Rich Asians. Um, I might actually be going to see this because my girlfriend continuously plays that fucking movie nonstop. And I like Emilia Clark, So it could possibly be on my list to go see. Your thoughts not on really on the movie itself, but the precedence of having a male Asian lead in a rom-com. Cart. Uh, yeah, there's no way. I mean... <laughs> okay, there's a chance I see it. It all yeah. depends on the situation, but I'm probably never going to see this movie. No, I know, but like, what are your thoughts on having a male Asian lead? And do you it doesn't think... bother me at all? No, I, I, I don't give a fuck. No, I, I, okay, I'm not asking if it bothers you. I'm curious more on the box office side. Will America accept it? Uh, it doesn't matter if America accepts it because if China accepts it, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's true. That's very true. So. Just like South Park, just like you're not allowed to have Pooh Bear in uh, China anymore because he looks like the Chinese president. Heavy set, what do you think? And I'm curious, we're going to go back uh, next episode. I want to ask you to ask your girlfriend what she thinks about him being the lead. And would she watch it? Okay, I know this is currently not on our list, so this this will be a nay for us. But, I mean, uh, it is what it is. Like, I don't I don't think like that should matter in a rom-com. Just cast people. I don't, I don't care. And tell a story. It, it's coming out in the middle of November, a little early for Christmas, but at the same time, you you want people to go see it quick, and then when it's about to leave theaters in about a month, which will be Christmas, maybe they'll get some spike Walmart, sales. Yeah. But I think one thing they're going to have a real big issue with is some of the movies that are coming out in December. So maybe pulling it out this early, I understand. Yeah, I'm curious how well it does and how well America accepts a male Asian lead. Um, playing with fire, John Cena kids movie as a fireman. Carp. I'd rather see this before last Christmas. <laughs> I get that. Um, I mean, I think the only wrestler movie that I haven't watched yet is The Big Show's Knucklehead. Yeah. So yeah. I, this is probably going to end up on Netflix in a couple of months. And I'll be like, nah, I got two. I got an hour and a half to kill. Do, 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 do. It does have Keegan-Michael Key and he is freaking hilarious. So. And yep. John Lugazamo. It's, uh, it's a nay for me. Uh, go to the 15th of November, the remake of Charlie's Angels with director Elizabeth Banks, writer Elizabeth Banks, starring Chick from Twilight, Naomi Scott, Elizabeth Banks. Your thoughts? Heavy set. Uh, we haven't done this whole episode. What do you think? No. This is a no. Carp. Oh, no. I saw the trailer. It looks fucking atrocious. Download? Uh, no. For the eye candy? Uh, no. on, on, honestly, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle looks a thousand times better than I've than this movie. Yeah. Um, this is one on my list. It's going to be yay for me and probably in the theaters. Ford versus Ferrari starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Cart. I would go on a cheaper night, but it's gotten amazing reviews from TIFF. So I would probably go see it, but I'd rather it be on a cheaper night. Heavy said it's probably going to be an A for you. Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an Matt A. Matt Damon. This, is, this one has good acting credit in it. The Good Liar, Ian McKellen, Helen Mirren. Cart. No. <laughs> yeah, no, nay here. All right. Uh, okay. 22 of November. A crime fr- thriller. A crime thriller. A crime thriller. A crime thriller. Crime Fritter. That's a good dessert. Uh, 21 uh, Bridges starring Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. I, I don't think he's playing <laughs> Black Panther. Have he's, you seen the trailer? It looks like he's playing Black 
Black Panther. Are you, are you serious? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, twenty-one. Like, just like, just, like, just watch the trailer. You're like, he's Black Panther. <laughs> like, shut down the bridges. Shut down the tunnels. We will and find give this man, this and I'm like, man oh my a God, shield. Pretty much Black Panther. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, Year Anchor. I'm gonna go see it. Crime thriller. Uh, it, yeah. it actually looks more action than dramatic thriller from the trailer. So maybe I'm gonna get tricked by the trailer that's happened before. I, I think I'm gonna go see this. It's only an hour and a half, like an hour and a half too, so it's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, nay for heavy. It is a nay for heavy. Or uh, Justin. One for Justin. Uh, one that I know that Justin definitely wants to see is that same weekend. And Frozen it, two. Yes. Frozen 2. No, it's uh, starring Tom Hanks. I think it's like the eighth. It's the eighth movie where he's played a real life character. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. He plays Mr. Rogers. Heavy set. Uh, this is a nay for me. Wow. I have no He watches the documentary and he says, fuck, I'm not watching the actual movie. Yeah, he doesn't Hanks. want to see Tom Hanks wow. besmirching the great Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Pulling a Willie Regal word out of there. Let's see. I've I've seen the documentary. I've went to Pittsburgh. You've read the, went, book. <laughs> read the book. No, I went to Pittsburgh and visited uh, the Pittsburgh History Museum, where uh, part of the original set is at. Oh, nice. Um, I'm going to be Mr. Rogers for Halloween. So yes, Frozen Two. Uh, I know it's a name for cart, but heavy. What do you think? Yes. This is a yay, but with the placement, like I'm, I'm going to be a first dayer for Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. This comes out uh, Thanksgiving weekend, American proper Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. So, I, which to me does make a lot of sense. This fits into like the theme for Thanksgiving, and I don't know where I'm gonna fit. I don't know if I want to fit two movies in that weekend. So I think it's going to be just this one, and I'm going to be using my Cinemark credits. So I'm going to get. Not time to pay for tickets. Nice. Uh, let's end on Knives Out, starring Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, and Tony Collette. Okay. Yeah. You got my attention. I haven't seen a trailer for it, but just based on the cast, I'm going to check out a trailer. And uh, it's probably going to be a yay. Definitely home market, maybe Chibi Tuesday. Uh, if if I'm correct, that yeah, this is basically a you know kind of whodunit. Type thing, okay. Like kind of like Clue, because I've I've seen the trailer for this. Took me a minute, so this is actually a yay for me. I don't know when though. Yeah, no, de- just just based on cast, it's uh, intriguing me. It's probably gonna be yay myself, Carp. Yeah, I'm likely gonna see this. Uh, the trailer actually sold me on it. Like Chris Evans is like a rich dick type character, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be nice to see him not be Captain America. So yeah, it's a nice change of pace for him, uh, changing his uh, cinematic roles for sure. Now that uh, Captain America is retired. All right. So we're going to end there. And next uh, episode, we will discuss the movies coming out in December. Uh, Carp plugs final thoughts. Go ahead. You can always find me online with at Killer Carpe Diem, both with K's, but only two K's because that's okay. Uh, As for as for my show, AllBeerInside.com, where you can listen to brand new episodes on almost every two weeks I'm I'm at right now because we're getting enough content. So. Thankfully, that's uh, that's coming a little more steadily. Uh, check it out. You can always see my beer ventures as well with my Instagram or the All Beer Inside Instagram. I hijack that sometimes. Uh, as well, Phil needs to eat, so check out Spearhead Games and uh, AllBeerInside.com. Click on the Amazon link on the right-hand side of the page. Heavy set, wrestling cheers. What's that? 
I don't know. I heard it's good though. <laughs> uh, wrestling cheers is, you know, you know, my, my main endeavor, pretty much the only thing I have time for currently instead of, uh, Halloween movies. So check that out. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on every place you can download movie on that movies, not movies, uh, podcast. So curious to how this is going to end uh, this month for me. And also depending on when, this episode gets released it'll be before or after maybe some exciting news hmm, cool looking forward to that and can you remind me the episode where you have the wrestler who's dating the montreal uh burlesque person because i want to download that and listen to it tonight uh my name is Danhausen. come on Danhausen? yeah okay love that Danhausen. uh i currently because actually i've been really bad at posting stuff on the trending topics network it's been about a month like i just posted on wrestling cheers and like i go to bed half the time like i'm just tired so that episode is wasn't too long ago. Well, I'll look for it, uh, especially if his name's in the uh, description. I will. Well, I also, ironically, on that episode, there is a Canadian wrestler who also gets interviewed, and that would be a wrestler by the name of Space Monkey. Oh, cool! I'll check that out then. Definitely. So that's uh, as now that I got it pulled up. That is episode one thirty four, and it's just titled Danhausen and Space Monkey Interview. Perfect. Thank you very much, Heavy. So for Heavy Set, Carp, this is Old School saying thank you very much for listening. It's a wonderful life. Prove that everyone has value. Home Alone showed us why we shouldn't take family for granted. But one holiday film will teach us. Christmas turns everyone into an asshole. Jingle all the way. Are you ready for a Schwarzenegger comedy? Don't worry, it has just as much violence as his other stuff. He'll play Howard Langston, your ordinary Austrian bodybuilder mattress kingpin? You're my number one customer. You're my number one customer. You're my number one customer. When his neglected son wants a special toy for Christmas, Howard will blaze a one-man trail of destruction to buy his kids love by any means necessary. Whether that means lying to his wife's face. I got the Tillerman doll. Grabbing a child by the face. Or punching an animal in the face. You started it. It's a music change and some blood packs away from being a hard R slaughter fest. This is nothing but a harmless Christmas package. Watch a mad dash to find a limited release toy in a world without smartphones or eBay, where you were constantly forced to interact with other people. Like the only other global star on Arnie's level in 96, Sinbad. He'll play the rival sociopath Myron, an alcoholic mailman who with so many assaults, kidnappings, and felonies by the end of this thing, you just know it will be his last Christmas as a free man. Merry Christmas. Wow. Sorry, kid. That's going to the evidence locker. Maybe one of the cops has a son who hates him, too. Are there any redeeming characters in this movie? No. His wife is a nagging cliche. Where are you? Do you have any idea what time it is? Please tell me that you did not forget that doll. You can't be going to the office. Damn you, Howard. The neighbor, Phil Hartman, bless his soul, is plowing his way through every mom in the neighborhood. And Santa? Santa is a lie. Just a bunch of ex-cons running bootleg toys out of a warehouse. You'll even want to punch Chris Parnell in the face. And you like Chris Parnell. <laughs> so enjoy a Christmas film that has so little love for the holiday, it comes after the credits. That one can only hope is a satire of commercialism, because it spends 80 minutes of showing you the dark, malevolent forces of capitalism turning us into beasts, and exactly one minute reminding us that family was the true gift all along. Huh, maybe they expand on this in the sequel. Kill it! Kill it with fire! Starring 
The goggles, they do nothing. Sin bad in this movie. Hi, I'm Phil Hartman. You may remember me from such films as Sergeant Bilko, Loaded Weapon 1, and Amazon Women on the Moon. The Phantom Menace. Okay, Booster. Howard? 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 Even worse, Anna. And Modern Fandom. We hate you, Booster! Last action figure. I think I'm getting the hang of this. I am so glad they didn't make Iron Man in the 90s. Oh!